This episode is sponsored by Code Health. Code connects healthcare providers to the largest community of medical coding professionals in the country with over 4,600 domestic certified coders. As a single stop for all coding needs, Code's on-demand model has solved for daily staffing challenges and coding inefficiencies by allowing providers to access the right coder at the right time while gaining insights to better manage their coding operations. To learn more about Code, visit CodeHealth.com, that's K-O-D-E Health.com, or email Code directly at partnerships at CodeHealth.com. On November 15th, CMS issued its final rule around price transparency, giving hospitals until 2021 to post their rates online. The final rule differed somewhat from the proposed rule, a sign that CMS took into account the feedback it received during the comment period. Hello, and welcome to Voices in Healthcare Finance. I'm Erica Grotto. In today's episode, we're talking about that new CMS rule and what it means for healthcare organizations. Rich and Chad will cover it and be on the news, and I'll be talking about it later in our Fast Five segment. Also in this episode, we'll have my interview with a rural health system that transformed its revenue cycle with a special eye towards self-pay patients. It's all starting right now. This is Rich Daly, senior writer and editor for HFMA. Hi, this is Chad Mulvaney, a policy director with HFMA. Thanks for joining us on the Beyond the News segment of the podcast, where we take a quick peek at the significance of recent healthcare finance news developments. First up, or only up on this segment, is the November 15th CMS final rule issued for a new and controversial requirement that hospitals make public several types of charges for private health plans. For the first time, the federal government will require hospitals to post online all of their standard charges. This will include gross charges, payer-specific negotiated charges, de-identified minimum and maximum negotiated charges, and discounted cash prices. That requirement will apply to all items and services and require hospitals to place this information in a single digital file and in a machine-readable format. Additionally, hospitals must post online their standard charges for at least 300 quote-unquote shoppable services. This will include 70 CMS-specified services and 230 hospital-selected services, all of which the hospital provides. All of this information must be completed and posted online by January 2021, or hospitals will face fines of up to $300 per day, which total about $110,000 per year. So, Chad, what would you highlight as having the biggest potential impacts among these new transparency requirements? On the hospital rule that was finalized, obviously, you know, to me, what was significant is that CMS, based on feedback that HFMA and other stakeholders provided, really sort of understood how complex of an undertaking this actually is. And so have given providers a year to prepare. I still think it's going to be a technical challenge, even though CMS clarified that, you know, within that file, you could put multiple tables in the file or multiple sort of tabs within the file. If you think about like an Excel document that lists the different rates for your different contracts. So that will sort of alleviate some of the challenge of having to try to figure out how to lay out the different payment mechanisms for different services if they're paid on mechanism bundled in different ways. But it still doesn't sort of negate the challenge of having to consolidate all this information into one file and make it available. And then on the 300 shoppable services, I do think there will be some challenge around sort of thinking about how to package those up. And then I guess the other interesting piece was the fact they've defined three different, as you highlighted, 
definitions of what a standard charge is or added three different definitions of what a standard charge is to the proposed rule. And so one of the things that they're essentially saying now is you have to make available your walk-in rate, which is if your health system or hospital has a, if you're self-pay, there's a, there's a flat discount that applies to you regardless of a charity care policy. You have to make that available as well. Okay. And so what are the expected next steps on this new requirement? The, the provider rule, obviously, you know, the major hospital trade associations plus a number of individual hospitals and health systems have clearly indicated that they plan to challenge this rule in court. And even though CMS, in its response to stakeholder comments, started to lay out what its legal argument would be, I still do believe that hospitals and health systems have a pretty good legal argument as for why CMS does not have the statutory authority to do this. However, that's going to have to go to court. The other piece of it is, is I would imagine that assuming that this isn't decided or settled finally, because I would imagine there will be a court case and there will be an appeal, possibly multiple appeals, that at some point the, the plaintiffs in this case, so the hospital associations, will ask for a stay of implementation. We at HFMA have developed fact sheets around both rules, and they're available at hfma.org industry initiatives under the regulatory and accounting resources fact sheet tab. Okay. Well, thanks a lot for the insights and for joining us today on the Beyond the News segment, Chad. Hey, Rich. Always good talking with you. Always, always, always glad to have the conversation. Of course, you can also keep up the latest legal and policy developments related to the new charge posting requirements on our daily news site at hfma.org forward slash news. Thanks for listening. Is your organization a high performer in revenue cycle? Earn the recognition you deserve with a MAP award from HFMA. My name's Christy Pahanage. I'm the Associate Vice President of Revenue Management Operations at Geisinger. We pride ourselves on the MAP award. Having received it 12 times, Geisinger takes a lot of pride in our results. Our team is very dedicated to the metrics, looking at what's getting measured and making sure that we're able to deliver results for the organization. Find out more about HFMA's MAP Award by visiting hfma.org slash MAP Award. Patient payment is such an important topic for HFMA members, and self-pay patients present unique challenges. For Regional Health, an integrated rural health system in Rapid City, South Dakota, implementing EPIC in 2017 brought about an opportunity to revisit revenue cycle best practices with special considerations for self-pay patients. Revenue Cycle Vice President Ted Severson and Patient Access Manager Stacy French, along with Mary Buzas, formerly of the Chartist Group, told me about the process changes they made starting in 2018 and the results they accomplished. You'll hear from Severson first, then Buzas, then French. Regional Health is in South Dakota, which is not a Medicaid expansion state. And you're in an area where you have a high volume of uninsured and underinsured patients. So self-pay collections are important. So what were some of the challenges you faced as you began the process to transform your self-pay process? Well, our challenges really started with um, in about October of 2017 and changing our EMR and getting our entire system on the same platform. 
patients across the system were having, you know, different billing experiences. It was very confusing. We had some older, I guess you could say, dilapidated systems that were in place. And, and we wanted to become one health system for our community that was better integrated. Uh, so we have a number of different hospitals. We have 24, 25 clinics across the region. And people are going uh, for sometimes for specialty services or traveling within to Rapid City or traveling throughout the system and having different experiences, different care experiences, different billing experiences. We wanted to integrate that into one common experience, a system experience. And so in October of 2017, uh, we partnered with Epic um, and took on the Epic HB and PB platform uh, and went live there. There was only an internal team responsible for a self-pay collection, and that internal team was overwhelmed with inbound calls. They were a customer service team and not only responsible for self-pay collections, but you know, answering all manner of inbound calls. And the patients who complained about the length of the time it took to receive their, their bill or they couldn't pay their bill or they had other questions. So the team simply just could not proactively collect on self-pay. Tell me a little more about how you began. So I think the first task that we had to undergo was making the, the big decisions and how we can make the quick impact, but still make sure that we were tending to our patients' needs as well as our caregivers' needs. And so we looked at one of the first places we took care of that was by outsourcing our self-pay AR and partnering with an early out vendor. And Mary can attest to this, that that was a, a difficult conversation for me because that customer service team that you earlier referred to was actually my team. And I was very proud of the work that they were doing for our patients and our community, but had to really admit that they were very overwhelmed. And now I, I can see it on the other side, how outsourcing that self-pay AR really impacted their happiness in our organization. It's helped the patients out and it's benefited the organization. So it was a great move. At the time when we started this entire process, it was an average of 45 days for us to process an application and get it to the point of approval. We are now down to holding it at two days. Most of the time, my staff is working forward and we might receive an application and have it completed by the end of the day. I have to frequently remind them that they can move on to other work, because, but they kind of enjoy making sure they're at day one. Our application approval rate has jumped by right around 15%. So we went from 45 days out, patients being worried about where, when they were going to get to schedule their service that they needed. And now we're processing and approving in the same day and we're getting approval faster and we've got a higher approval rate. And then the dollars cleared, we've jumped by almost 200%. So big jump for saving accounts from going to bad debt. In about the past six to eight months, we've also seen a decrease in escalated billing questions or complaints associated with patients that have received the statement. Uh, that percentage has decreased over 82% in the past six to eight months. And a lot of that can be attributed to the transparency going into the process. 
uh, as well as some other initiatives that we've taken to be a bit more patient-friendly when it comes to patient statements um, and transparency associated with uh, Epic's MyChart uh, payment programs, that form of traditional uh, financial assistance. Confidently face the future. Join HFMA seminars for two days of in-depth education on the topics you need to keep up with the ever-changing landscape of healthcare finance. Choose one of six seminars and earn 13 CPE credits. Join us on December 5th and 6th in Chicago. Visit hfma.org forward slash seminars to learn more and register today. Earlier in the episode, we heard from Rich and Chad about the new CMS final rule regarding price transparency. One area where they didn't have time to go into detail was the five requirements for posting payer-specific negotiated charges, de-identified minimum and maximum negotiated charges, and discounted cash prices for the 300 shoppable services. For today's Fast Five, we're talking about those requirements, which include the following. Providing a plain language description of each shoppable service. Selecting shoppable services based on those most commonly provided by the hospital. Including charges for services that the hospital customarily provides in conjunction with the primary service. Ensuring the charge information is displayed prominently on a publicly available web page. Ensuring the charge data is free and easily accessible and does not require a user to register, establish an account or password, or submit personally identifiable information. Keep checking in with us for more about this and other hot topics in healthcare finance. You can find Rich Daily's coverage and more at hfma.org news. Voices in Healthcare Finance is produced by the Healthcare Financial Management Association and written and hosted by me, Erica Grotto. Beyond the News is produced by Rich Daly and Chad Mulvaney, and thanks to Rich for providing this week's Fast Five. Sound editing is by Linda Chandler. Brad Dennison is our Director of Content Strategy. Our President and CEO is Joe Pfeiffer. Please follow us on social media. We're at HFMAORG on Twitter, and you can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Reach out to us with your questions and comments at podcast at HFMA.org. Happy Thanksgiving. Go eat some pie.